Quick disclaimer before we get started, guys. The opinions you're about to hear are solely those of the guests and the host of the Get Wired podcast and may not reflect the opinions of CED Consolidated Electrical Distributors. All right, let's get to our sponsors. Today's sponsor is Rio Coco Cafe, located here in Vero Beach, Florida. It's coffee with a great cause. They make good coffee, but they also support a great cause. One of the best parts about it is that the employees are actually volunteers. They don't they don't get paid to work there. And you can feel it when you walk in there. Like everybody legitimately wants to be there. Like they are super happy. They all want to say hi to you and and let you know about the newest and latest greatest things that they've got going on at Rio Coco. Um, all the money goes down to to the Rio Coco River down in Nicaragua to support some schools for some local populations down there. Basically, I mean, they just raise all this money and send it down there. It's such an awesome cause, and I'm so happy to support it whenever I can. That's actually the only coffee that we drink at CED Vero Beach. So if you're ever here and have a cup of coffee, that's exactly where it's coming from. So Rio Coco Cafe here in Vero Beach, located right next to the airport on 43rd Avenue. Go check it out. It's definitely worth it. Good coffee, great cause. Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast, presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply industry from the inside out. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Burkhardt. Thank you so much. So we're here on the Get Wired Podcast talking with Adam Elhari, also known as Ibrahim Elhari, depending on how... You know him, really? I guess. Yeah, comes, yeah. I guess that's what it comes down to. Uh, so, t- tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? How did you get to the point where you were, uh, where we are today? I actually started out with uh, card magic back in sophomore year of high school, and uh, so then from there, uh, I wasn't really the most social uh, kid uh, most of the time. Okay. And performed, I performed a trick to a health teacher, and he saw how I wasn't, I wasn't interacting well with people, socially speaking. And so he recommended a book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Nice. And, uh, it was a super result from there. From there, I, uh, I read that book. And then, uh, about, uh, February of 20, of 2014? Uh, 14, 14, 14, 14, yeah, 2014. I met, uh, Joe, which, you know, who, uh, you and I know. Joe is my, uh, one of my closest friends. Yeah. Uh, he recommended, uh, a book called The Game. Which is perfect because you know in high school you just wanna you just wanna have fun, with the girls, uh, do your thing. Yeah. Like that. Uh, and that was called the game. You said. Yeah, the game uh, by Neil Strauss. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm okay. I have heard of that. Yeah, and then uh, I made the uh, I made the what I like to call uh, it was it was a a learning experience of having a long term girlfriend uh, in high school, which uh, you know things happen. Yeah. Um, Been there. While, while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, a nice, a nice learning experience. Uh, how, how, how much screws you want to want kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but it's all good. Uh, but while that was happening, I, I read, uh, This Is Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. And oh, yeah. around that time, I started, I started getting into, uh, podcasts. Uh, specifically the, uh, the Tim Ferriss show. Nice. Which I just became obsessed about. And, uh, and then I read, I read Bold. By Peter D. Mendes. I read uh, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Um, and then I started getting into entrepreneurship and uh, real estate investing. Uh, that didn't work out so well, but I did learn key lessons about myself and about being persistent, which I am still trying to apply in my life. 
But you, you're 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 a relatively young man, right? Do you mind if I ask how old you are? You want you want to share that with the world? Uh, yeah. Well, right now I'm currently 19, which uh, for some people it's hard to believe. Uh, for me, I, I mean, it is what it is. 19. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, you've probably read more books yeah. than most 40 uh, year old men that I know, <laughs> especially the right kind of books, you know. Thank you. I'm very flattered. Um, but for me, I, I always felt like uh, I always felt like I am getting closer. Oh, I I am getting closer and closer to death, which is a little which is a little morbid, but it it keeps me going every single and day, man. I, yeah, and I, I feel like if I don't do something now. I'm going to be worthless. And that's the way I was back in high school and up until recently. Uh, but then I realized, you know, I am looking up, I'm looking up to all these people. For example, uh, Ryan Holiday, Tim Ferriss, uh, Peter Diamandis, um, Joe Polish, Gary Halbert, just to name a few. And a lot of them didn't do much until after they were, they were like 20. Ryan Holiday being the exception. Ryan Holiday got, got his start a little earlier. Right. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, so right now I'm just going to get easy in a sense. Like, I'm still moving forward, but I'm not as stressed out about things as I used to be. And it seems to work out very well. I, I tend to enjoy life more. I, uh, I, I stop at small the flowers here and there. Um, I went, I went for a walk this morning. Nice. Which is very, very, very important. And you live in um, New York, so a walk there is kind of a, it's an experience every time you walk out of your building. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I don't. I don't live. I don't live in uh, in Manhattan per se. I live outside of Manhattan. Okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, I, I live. I live in the suburbs. So there's actually like trees so, and and plants and things. Yeah. <laughs> things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not yeah, the complete the usual, concrete jungle. No, not the complete concrete jungle. No, exactly. Usually, the walk I take, I, I walk to a lake and I just I sit there for ten, twenty minutes and just look at the lake and uh, be all Zen and Siddhartha like. Uh, also, Siddhartha is another book I highly recommend everyone should read. That's a great book, man. Um, I, I can, uh, I yeah. can think, I can, what is it? I can think, I can wait. I can think. I can fast. I can, I can and I can, I, I'm, uh, I can think, I can wait, and I can fast. That's it, man. That's what it's all about. You're speaking my and, language. Uh, at 19 years old, I, at 19 years old, I definitely was not reading these kind of books and thinking about these kind of topics, especially the topic of, of, your your ultimate demise, right? Like you're gonna die at some point. Everybody knows that. Everybody listening to the yeah. show. If you don't know, let me be the first to inform you. Someday you're gonna die, and the clock is ticking. And uh, and and that's actually the topic I bring up in a, a episode coming out tomorrow morning about waking up earlier. And the whole reason I started doing it was because I feel like I'm already too late to the to the show. Like I feel like things are happening so fast right now, and I'm just trying to play catch up. And I've I little sneak peek at tomorrow's episode. Um, I get up two hours before I need to get up because I'm trying to create this time to force this, this wedge into the timeline of like, it's just so I don't fall behind, you know, and I'm, I'm 32. I've been, I've been acting this way for a couple of years, but damn, if you start at 19, that is, that's a huge leg up. Do you go to school right now? Are you in, you in university or? I'm, I'm starting. Yeah. I, I took a, so I graduated high school last year. I took a year off this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start school again in August. Why'd you, why'd you take a year off? Uh, I had some family issues I had to deal with, and uh, I also I, need, I needed a break. From, yeah. I need I needed a break from some school, and I had some uh, I had some a lot of soul searching to do because um, I, I was very I was very all over the place. Yeah. Right? And what, what happened was 
to the world, I appeared that I had my I had my my shit together. Excuse my language. You can swear on the show. Um, okay. And, oh, perfect, and we're all good. Um, yeah. Okay, so the <laughs> world. <laughs> the appeared that I had my shit together. Yeah. Um, but and then like internally, it was a catastrophic storm of I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I am. And it's like, I feel like I'm doing this one thing and I feel like it's going, it's working out, but objectively speaking, is it really working out? Is this really what I want to do? Is this something I want to deal with? And, and then I had, I had, uh, like I said, I had some, some other issues I had to deal with. And, and New York isn't really, you know, it's as much as I love the city and I really, really do. It, at times you just need to take a break from the hustle and bustle and just chill. Have you lived there your whole life? And, have you what? Yeah, you? I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was born in Jersey, and I moved to New York when I was about one years old. So oh, wow. I was, uh, yeah, raised raised in New York. Wow, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that, that idea of a gap year is, is so important, and it's something that they take advantage of in, in Europe. And you know, to be honest, I don't know enough about other cultures, but certainly in Europe, it's very much encouraged to, to get out and to go explore a little bit because I sure as hell didn't know what I wanted to do at 18. And for me to go to a university or a college and just like to have to pick something I'm going to do for the next – 40 or 50 years like to me it was always kind of crazy so that idea of, of like knowing yourself knowing you're not ready and that's okay you know i think that's really important and you know good for you for for taking the plunge and taking the year off and uh you know i'm sure a lot of your friends went straight into to the grind of university and, and colleges but um, any regrets and something, something uh any regrets oh um just just in you. that that one missing that one first freshman year with the, with your buddies or uh, well, the thing is, um, so when I, when I first started the gap year back in fall, I felt I felt like I wasn't going anywhere in life because I, I'd be on the ferry going to going to the city, and I see, I see high school classmates that are going to classes and they're going to college. Right. And and I was like, oh, you know, it's me. I'm, I'm you know, I was working at the time, and I was at, I was at home, and uh, I didn't really feel good about myself. But then I realized that. That was only my my ego speaking. Yeah, and that you know, like it's okay. It's just it's my path. Just just because I am going this way doesn't mean that it's it's right or wrong. Right. And something that I've been I'm thinking like, that I'm trying to do now is just try to compare myself only to myself, which ideally sounds great. However, I mean, we're human. It doesn't always happen. Right. And. uh so yeah, and then also one regret I have, maybe for for this year, is I didn't, I wasn't uh, persistent with one thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> I was kind of like jumping all over the place. Yeah. And uh, and I and I and I didn't set up all the systems in place to make sure that I don't fall off the bandwagon, or if I do, I get that quicker. Right. Um, although it's although I am, you know, it's, I have fallen on and off, on and off, and now I'm going to get back on it, and I'm trying to catch up on whatever lost time I had over the years, I learning copy and learning marketing and just reading as much as possible and writing. So when you say, uh, uh, for, for, I'm uh, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. When you say your, your focus was, uh, was, was scattered. Is that kind of like what we were talking about before the show with the different notebooks and the, and how you have like just kind of all over the place. You don't really know exactly what you want to do and, and where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, uh, it's just, a, it's just scattered brain thing. Um, and, and, uh, 
like, I want to do this. But then it's like, oh, shiny object, I want to do this. And yeah. my friends and I would call, we call it a squirrel, squirrel syndrome. Where yeah. <laughs> a nice shiny object and, oh, look over there. Squirrel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I uh, can't remember what movie that's uh, from, but I, I think most people get that uh, reference. Up. Is it up? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Uh, the, the, the movie, the movie that will punch your gut in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I, I think there's something to that though, being, being so, like being able to jump from one thing to another and, and being able to show up and deliver passion and energy to each of those things. But my problem is like, I tend to be very much on the idea generation side of things and, and more of the creative side. And then when it comes to actually like, okay, push this into real existence and it's a great idea and let's do this for forever, you know, it, then I'm, I'm kind of more mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I've got I've got this whole other idea. I'm already starting as soon as this one's like launched. Yeah. And, and so, um, in my current role as a manager of a supply house, and the show is for you know people in the industry. Um, the biggest thing I do is is create ideas, try to get my team behind it as quickly as possible, and let them kind of take over the the day to day. Like, here's what we're doing, guys. Here's the direction we're going. Um, I'm going to start making a new path over here. <laughs> you know, it's almost as soon as we launch something, a new program or a new. Uh, a new initiative with our customers or something like that. Um, I think that's what it takes though, because customers nowadays, like everybody's expecting a pipeline of like good ideas. What's new? You know, what have you done for me today? That kind of, that kind of mentality. Employers are definitely expecting that there's, as well. There's something about that, about that, that rapid need for, for the, the next big thing. Yeah. Um, so, and the world we live in today, as hyper responsive as it is, it's it's even more important now to just being able to just sit down, shut out the world, and and think deeply and and develop an idea fully instead of trying to put out fires or instead of instead of trying to satisfy an immediate uh, gratification. Right. Um, for for me, it's, I, I think it's it's very important to think long term a little bit and to to develop an idea and when it comes to either uh, business or when it comes to conversation for me i was i was listening yesterday and, and uh we're walking and we were like we're having some very deep discussions and uh, uh, politics and, and society uh, and back when i was in high school i was you know i, I, I knew i was i was just arrogant Show off and I was like, hey, look at me! I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be successful. Ha ha ha! Right, right. And I, I, I wish I, I want to go back in time and and backhand myself and say, <laughs> you know, cut, cut the ego out. It's very bad for you. You're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna regret it later on. Yeah. Um, and so now, whenever, whenever I, I have a very thoughtful discussion and I genuinely don't know an answer or I don't or I haven't completely formulated a, a correct response, yeah, I I will just tell them outright. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Because I'd rather do that. Because you know when I'm having a conversation, I'd rather someone tell me I don't know the answer instead of them giving me a, a half-assed BS one right. that they either don't believe in or they just regurgitated without knowing what they what they learned in the first place. Well, that's that's huge, and that's a big part of what we do uh, every day. You know, customers come in, and the electrical supply industry is is enormous. Like, there's so many products, and they come in and they're like, "Hey, do you know anything about this?" And it's like you can't know everything. It's impossible. So I always train my guys to be like, well, no, but you know, let me catch up to you. Let me learn about it. What, you know, what, what do you need? What kind of information? And you know, that's how we, that's how we build our repertoire, our, our kind of ammo box of, of information. It's just by 
just reacting to things. And it's all about how you react to them that, that uh, defines the customer experience, I think, because you could be like, no, I don't know anything about that. Sorry. Hang up the phone. And, or you could say like, well, no, but I, I, I'm interested. Like, what is it? What does it do? How does it work? Um, who's the manufacturer? Like, let me dig into this a little bit more and I'll get back to you. And well, one thing, oh, I'm sorry, I'm catching you. I'm sorry no, you no, go ahead. I, I was running out. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> um, so one, one thing I learned uh, this year is to not, uh, when, they, when you have a business, you don't have customers, you have clients. Yeah. Yeah. Because the definition, the definition of a client is someone who is under the care and protection of a service provider. And uh, this is this is from uh, from Jay Abraham. He's one of the world's best marketers, and he's worked with. Uh, I mean, if, you know, if you know IT Hot, then that's that's part of his work, and he's he's made he's made people billions of dollars. Oh, he works uh, with, uh, with Tony Robbins, right? Yes, he's worked with Tony Robbins. He's okay. worked with uh, Damon John, um, Dan Kennedy. He's he's up there. And uh, so yeah, he said uh, you don't have customers anymore; you have clients. So. When you have it that way, you are morally obligated to take care of them. You have to basically temper them as much as possible. Yeah. Because they, they, they trust you with their hard earned money. And, and God knows how hard, not how hard it is to earn money, but how, how people attach themselves to their money and they speak with their wallet. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, so you, you could, you can go to a family and this is kind of a tangent, but also it's not. You can, you can go to someone and, They'll say, oh, I need healthy all the time. And then you can check their credit card statement and you see Mickey D's, uh, for Mickey D's, uh, McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, coming out. Yeah. Uh, if you see, if you see McDonald's and Wendy's and, and like you know, one time they went to Chipotle or, you know, and even then, it's just, it's just the majority <laughs> you see is just fast food. Right. And, and milkshakes, which, I mean, as, as taste but satisfying as it sounds, because it is, it's just, you know, it, they manufacture that way. Yeah. Long term, it's not the best, and also it it, uh, it shows that it shows the incongruency that uh, a lot of us have as people. Yeah, and, you know, I'm included in that pool. No one, no one's perfect. People vote with their dollars, you know, and and just to touch mm-hmm. on the on the food issue for just a really quick brief second. I mean, that's nothing I talk about in the episode tomorrow. It's like because people ask me like, how do you get up at four thirty in the morning? Like, how how are you not exhausted? And it's like, well, I don't eat because it tastes good. I'll eat whatever it is if it's going to be healthy for me and give me the nutrients that I'm looking for, you know, I don't care if it tastes yeah. like, like I eat a lot of spirulina in my shakes. And to most people, it is fish food. It's, it's blue green algae. Like it's not the most, it's, it's not, it's not a chocolate milkshake, put it that way. Uh, but you mix it with some other stuff, some spinach, some bananas, some, some good protein powder, high quality stuff. And then it does end up tasting pretty good, but it still has that smell of like a, almost like, like an aquarium kind of like, that's where they make it is in aquariums. But I, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, why are you putting this in your body in the first place? It's fuel. It's not. It's not about what it tastes like. I don't need that thirty-second yeah. mouth pleasure. I'm looking for the, the thirty-minute or the six-hour boost that this thing's going to give me in performance and, and cognitive ability. Um, my but, dad, my my dad actually taught me that lesson. It's, it's not. It's not about. It's not about the taste. It's about what it does to you. Because we have this thing called the black seed oil, and I am telling you, it is. It kind of like it doesn't bring it through, but you feel it a little bit when you have it, and yeah. it's not the easiest thing to take down. Uh, however, if you're sick, it's like the number one thing to have. And I remember one time I had a, for some reason, some odd reason, like my leg hurt. I had flaxseed oil, and I was fine after it. Flaxseed? You're saying why. flaxseed oil, right? Flaxseed. Black, that's why. Yeah, B L A C K oil. Black oh, seed oil. I've never even heard of that. Flaxseed oil. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, that, so like, that, that's an example of something that, that tastes horrendous, but <laughs> is very good for you. Another one is, um, oh, Rishi, Rishi mushroom, uh, R-E-I-S-H-I mushroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you take that, you boil it in water, you drink the water, and I'm telling you, it is probably one of the most bitter things I've ever had. But it's good uh, for your brain, right? It's am- yes, it's good, it's good for your cognitive ability, it's also good for your immune system. Uh, oh. and I know when I, when I have, when I have it, I feel a lot more zen and a lot more uh, aware of what's going on around me. Interesting. Now, uh, so we touched on that a few times, like the walks in the park and the, the, the zen moments and stuff. Do you have a, a practice of mindfulness that it's incorporated in your life, like a meditation practice? or? Um... So, every, so every morning I, I write something called morning pages. Okay. Uh, and I've been doing it religiously for a little more than six months now. Morning pages. Uh, Yes, it's just every day you just sit down in front of a computer and just write down whatever it is. It's a brain dump, just write down whatever's on your mind. Yeah. And for me, uh, and, and it's like when I, when I do have the time to write down for, there, there are days where I write down for like a sentence because I don't have time. Right. Because I, I have to run out, I have to run out of the house. Or there, there are other days where I write for about four or five minutes to an hour. And those days when I write for four or five minutes to an hour, I, I have a new insight about myself. I feel like there's a, a, a weight lifted off my shoulders because wow. what I do in these pages is you just, you just write down whatever's on your mind, like whatever's bothering you. So say, for example, if I can't get over something from the past, which has happened before, you know, it, like I said, the, the, uh, the life lesson I learned in high school is getting, having a long-term girlfriend. Like even that, even after high school, uh, some of it still affected me, some of the, the negative habits. And so I just, on one page, I ask, okay, why do I feel inadequate? I feel inadequate because um, this person left me. Okay. Why do I feel inadequate? This person left me because I attach feel I attach a lot of who I am to the people in my life. Okay. Are there people in my life who are always there for me? Yes. Okay. Who are they? My family, um, especially my siblings, because for some reason I could I could break their arm and it'll still be fine. And that, that, that's a little extreme, but still, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> My siblings, because every time I see them, they're, they're ecstatic, and, you know, my brother just wants to drag me outside and play basketball, and my sister just wants to, you know, sit down and, and show me a video. Right. Or, uh, or, uh, Joe. Joe is just unquestionably, you know, he's, to me, he's, he's part of my family at this point. So it's like, okay, so I don't have to worry about that aspect of the past anymore, because I have something now that satisfies that need. Nice. And then say, yeah, and then another another problem I dealt with. Um, oh, so I used to I tell myself I grew up an angry child. Yeah. Did um, you? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was a I, I was a kid in class who was who was pretty uh pretty pretty emotional at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so you know, and so it's like some of that. I'd say, I mean, obviously, thank God, you know, not, well, I I uh, worked on it. I. And I've learned from stoicism and just from life in general, just how to not necessarily control your anger, because controlling emotions isn't really a good thing. Emotions aren't bad. Emotions are a great thing. They're the reason why we advance in life, they're the reason, if used correctly. Right. Um, but uh, so I got to stoicism in high school also. And so it's, it's not about expressing your emotion or not. It's about what you do with your emotions. So you know, if you get angry, okay, fine. Just don't act upon the anger. Don't like don't pick up a chair and throw it against the wall or don't don't lash out on someone. Right. Just kinda of notice that it's there. 
notice it, notice why you're angry. So, for example, if I, and I went to this over the years, uh, I'm angry at myself. Okay, why am I angry at myself? Because I haven't done anything in my life. Okay, what's the example of that? It has to be measured. I haven't worked on a project in a while. Okay, what's something I want to work on? Uh, I don't know. Okay, what's the skill I could have? I don't know what skill I want to build. What, what skill can I build in this year? Okay, what, what runs the world and, and what are you, and what do you like to do? Well, marketing runs the world and I like to tell stories because, because of the card magic I tell stories. Okay, and also another thing about marketing is that, uh, I used to do hypnosis also in high school. So, like just, just knowing storytelling and getting, getting into someone's mind, that fit perfectly with, with copywriting and marketing. So it's like, okay, good. I can now learn this skill and I could feel adequate in having at least one skill that is, that is needed by the market. So, um, so like a, that's, mm-hmm. I want to touch on a few things there. Tom Billiou, who I, I believe you just started following and diving into his podcast and, and his, uh, his content. Uh, he's, he's got this saying, uh, don't trust your emotions. And I love that. Like it, it's, uh, it's more like it, it just brings it to the attention. Like, Hey, you should recognize that they're there, but also recognize kind of why they're there and that it's up to you as to make the decision as to what to do with it. So it drives my wife a little crazy because I like, she'll be upset about something or sad about something. And, and for me, it's like a choice is like, well, do I want to be upset about this? Not, not, I have to be upset because this is happening. It's just like, you see two options of running and you get to choose which road to go down. Uh, just because it's, I don't. It's, it's I, not, I, go ahead. It's not necessarily, um, it's, it's, it's not necessarily being upset or not. It's, it's doing, using what's in front of you to, to be proactive. Right. Uh, what great quote by Marcus Aurelius, um, is the, the impediment to action advanced action. What is in the way becomes the way. Right. And that, that's something that I've, I've applied again and again in my life and in any situation. And it's, uh, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, I, it, from, from when I, from when I use it and, and hopefully I, you know, and it's again, like I, I'm young and if I sound arrogant, I apologize. It's just, you know, it's just, I'm just, I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to just throw whatever I can against the wall, see what sticks and then work off of what sticks. Well, I think it's really important, man. Somebody was just talking to me about they had to relocate and their their uh, significant other was coming with them to relocate and they were worried they wouldn't find a job or whatever. And I was like, well, hey, how, how old is she? And, and he told me she's 23. And I was like, okay, so what's the difference in being 23 and looking for a job and being 24 and still looking for a job? And he's like, he just, he was like, what do you mean? I was like, like, if you had to wait a whole year to find like the job, like there's not a big difference there. And at 19, you have a lot more leeway like you could you could you could put a lot of irons in different fires and see which one gets hottest first and and i mean you could be 20 and not have a job and that's that's like perfectly okay in our society you know it's totally normal uh so i I think it's great that you're doing that a lot of people get get held up on this thing of like you have to pick a career right now you're 18 and you have to decide this for the next 50 years of your life and it's just crazy it's crazy talk to me the whole idea of of the so something I like to do is I like to I like to try to question things as much as possible from from the bare bones of like, hey, why does this system exist? Right. Uh, and I learned that from uh, many many people. One of them, uh, Musk, he said he got to think about things in uh, in, sense, in his first principles, and just got to really break them down. And as mentally draining as it is, it's also pretty liberating. Yeah. Uh, so for example, college. At one point, I didn't want to go to college, uh, and at this point, it's like I'm going because I made a promise. And mm. I'm keeping that promise. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, this is, okay, college. 
do I really need to go to college? No. Uh, it depends. <laughs> do I want to be a doctor or a lawyer? No. I wanted to when I was in fifth grade, but not anymore. Right. Okay. Uh, um, then legally, you should be fine. Okay, why do people go to college? They go to college to learn, to explore, and to learn about themselves. Okay, can you do that without putting myself in crippling debt? <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah. Um, okay, why else do people go to college? They go to college to socialize and to have quote-unquote freedom. Okay, can you socialize and have freedom without college? You could. Okay. Why else do people go to college? They go to college to drink and to do a massive amount of drugs and to be as lustful as possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't drink or do anything. But that I will pride myself in until the day I die. I nice. keep my body as clean as possible. So like, okay, I don't do that. And I socialize. Like I, I had a gap year this year and I I socialized pretty uh pretty well. Because there was a month where I, I had a thirty day challenge and every day I I had to talk to people at random. Uh and it was you know, I did that. So Yeah, that's awesome. So the whole the whole idea, the whole, the whole concept behind what I just said is just to, to question, fundamentally question the system and just realize like, okay, why does this work this way? And is there a way to just throw out the rules? Well, I think, um, I think you missed, you missed yeah. one thing in, the, in your list of why people go to college and it's to get that damn degree so they can get that first job. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the real reason yeah. most people go, right? I, I had, I had this privilege and I, I am sorry in advance if this, if this gets if this gets you shit emails. I am so sorry, uh, but it has to be said. It's okay. Uh, Used to so it. So my, uh, <laughs> so I'm a first generation uh, American, meaning my my parents immigrated here. My dad came in the '80s. My mom came in the '90s. Okay, sweet. And yeah, so like the whole American dream. That's my dad. That's why I believe in it. Um, so that's not the point of the one make now. Uh, point is, my dad he had a friend of his visit from Morocco, and he is a he's a billionaire. Billionaire from Morocco, and he's a very, very sophisticated man, very, very educated. And I met him in the beginning of my guesses and in the fall. And I only had one chance to meet this man, I only spoke to him once, and uh, that's it because he's very busy, respectively speaking. And he told me, listen, the whole thing about college is that you get a piece of paper to tell people, hey, I'm as stupid as you. Now we can talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally, hey. Hey, you and I went through the same ABC system. Now you can hear what I have to say. And it's like you use it to kind of like sneak, kind of sneak into their mind just so they can actually listen to you instead of discrediting, discrediting you for not going to college. Right. Especially if you went to the or same, medical. the same establishment where they got their piece of paper, you know, like the same university oh, exactly. or whatever. Then, then you're definitely in there. Or, 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 or procedures one for that matter. It's just, it's, I think they, the, the second he said that, he, uh, it's just like, uh, I, I knew I was going to use the line again and again. And, uh, yeah, I think yeah. You, we're seeing a big trend in, in uh, some of the biggest companies uh, where they they don't even care about that anymore. It's not because it's not important. Like Facebook and Google, and Google was a big one when they made the decision that that college degrees are optional. That was huge to me. It was like, okay, these guys are seeing the light. They care more about what ideas can you bring to the table. What can you do for us? Um, what's your background? You know, can you code? Obviously, it's probably a big part of it, but. Those are things that you don't. Bit, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't need to go to college to learn that, especially nowadays. I mean, there's there's so many other options could, out there. I can probably pull up three websites right now. Yeah. And and you know, it's like that suffices for college. Um. So are you so are am, you you said you're first generation? Yeah. Are you uh, Moroccan? Yes, I am. Awesome, man! I've been there a couple of times. It's a it's an amazing really? country. But, yeah. Uh, 
I've been uh, kind of all over, man. Rabat, uh, Casablanca. We went out to the desert, uh, Fez, Marrakesh, Tangier. Um, I'm from I'm from uh, I'm from Marrakesh, or Marrakesh, as the uh, the Western way to say it. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a crazy place, man. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's oh, uh, yes. <laughs> it it. That that marketplace in the middle at night just gets just gets wild every single day. It's it's just it's awesome. I know it's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, actually, I got hit by a motorcycle in Fez. I think it was. Yeah, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, actually, it was really funny. This guy hit me with the motorcycle, and then the next guy came up and he's like, "On behalf of all Moroccans, I apologize." And I was like, "Wow, that was that that was really nice." Like, like I I was totally fine. Like it just kind of knocked me off my feet. You just gotta grazed my my thigh and I, I fell backwards but um it was it, it just added to the whole experience of like yeah i got hit by a motorcycle in morocco you know but uh i just remember that that guy like the first guy just took off and i was like hey did anybody get his insurance card like as a joke and then the next guy pulled up and apologized on behalf of the whole country i was like wow i, I feel i did feel better like <laughs> it was funny <laughs> i was like oh i'm glad i'm ready to do that <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go yeah um but have you gone over there and spent any time overseas yeah, I uh, as a kid, I used to go every summer. I think that's um, so important huge, to get out of the United States. Huge part yeah. of my uh, yeah, it was it was uh, a lot of my a lot of my what I what I for me life giving moments happened while I was there. Uh, the earliest one being uh, both positive and negative. I'll share both stories. Plus the negative one first. I um, my dad would take me to see. Uh, his father, um, this the burial site of his father and his mother, mm. and uh, this was, as I mentioned, now second week, oh oh four oh five, and, yeah. it, and it went on, it went on from there. But like, that's when I first remember it. Around. And I would go, and uh, I wasn't the thinnest kid. I was pretty pretty fat actually, um, you know, American and everything. And, yeah, um, and so I would. I would uh, go and see these people who who were, were uh, begging for money by the uh, by the the grave site. And yeah. this isn't no me to say all of Morocco's like this. It's like it, it, it's it's here in New York too, and like New York is one of the richest cities in the world. Yeah, it's everywhere. This is by no means. This is yeah. This is by no means demeaning demeaning the you know the the country, but it's just but just seeing that. Some you know like someone like me who I I was I'm very fortunate in that I I was born and raised here in America and versus seeing someone who who was literally dirt poor yeah and and begging for money and so you know I, I felt guilty whenever I went to go get a drink there's actually one specific soda that's not sold in America it's sold in Morocco called Hawaii the tropical tropical soda and I would obsess about it when I got when I was there <laughs> but. But I, I felt guilty every time I drank it. Yeah. By the beer side. And so like I would avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Um, so then, like, that, that pushed me forward to, to, to be helpful. And I think my father every day, um, about, about him showing me that, showing me that, hey, you're fortunate, be thankful and use your fortune to help people. Right. Whether it be, and like in money and life lessons and just and, or just just spending time with someone, yeah. You know that that's very important. And so like that that's that's the more like hard hitting 
heart uh, seeking one. More positive memories would be me, me spending time with, with my siblings and, and socializing with them and uh, kind of learning learning power tactics early on in life. Um, because I mean, hey, it's it's uh, unfortunately the human race is fixed not to. This is from Elmet and Gale. He said the human race is fixed not to prevent the strong from winning, but to prevent the weak from losing. Um, which, looking back, I, I don't really agree with that. I think only the, the strong should live, and and I think it's a whole it's a whole paradox in the sword. So like you want the strong to live, but you want to help the, you want to help people, and yeah, yeah, yes, but also one in the same. And also, we're human beings. We are walking. We are walking paradoxes. That's it, man. That's uh, what Gary Vee says. He's always on both opposite ends of the spectrum and everything. You know, he. Uh... It's it's what it's all about, and being being able to hold those two opposing thoughts in your mind is is super powerful. I think it's uh just a higher level of, of thinking about the world. It's like you can see both both options. It's kind of like meditation. You can see both options, and and then play within both of them, and not be limited to just one or the other. Uh, I think that that's crucial, man. And and having your background of being yeah. overseas and being exposed to those things. I remember we were on, on a, I can't remember. I really wish I remember what town this was in. But there was mountains in the background. We were we were hiking up, and all of a sudden we turn around, and there must have been like school must have just gotten out. There must have been like thirty little kids, like fifth grade maybe and younger, just all around like kicking a soccer ball, and they just like hey coming up to us and wanted to take pictures and just like just it was so awesome. Like they were just so happy, and we're out in the middle of literally like nowhere. Like, like I didn't even know there was a school, you know what I mean? Like it was just out, out in the middle of nowhere and there's all these kids and they just, they were just so happy and, and they didn't have anything. And it's like, it's like, man, if they can be this happy, how can we have people complaining in, like you said, in New York or in Miami or any of these big cities of complaining about, Oh, the internet connection's too slow or, or, or it's raining outside or whatever. And it's like, man, this kid sitting here in the 1992, you know, champions of the world shirt from the United States that got shipped over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he doesn't care about any of that stuff. And I don't know. I, I, it just changes your perspective when you get out of the, out of the box of the United States and, and get away from the media and all that. Um, but you, um, you mentioned a few times being focused on uh, being an entrepreneur. And I know that Joe, uh, his, his last name is Savino. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. saying that correctly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey Joe, if you're listening, uh, but <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably gonna listen. Yeah, he was, uh, he was he was pretty excited. I told him yesterday. I told him, uh, hey, uh, I got insurance. I'm getting insurance for her. He said, he said, who? He said, Mike. I said, oh, no pressure. He's pretty important. Oh, thanks. Thank you all. Uh, <laughs> I'll proceed to have existential crisis number number five of the week. Thanks. Right, right. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy with a website, man. But. uh you know, so I know you guys are kind of collabing on something. Um, I don't know if you can talk about it, but just having that entrepreneurship spirit and and uh, what what does that mean to you? Like, what does that word mean to you? Uh, so entrepreneurship, it's 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 one of those words that I despise. Um, up there with networking, yeah, and and content. I I just I don't. The reason why I don't like those words is because they seem to be words that. Everyone uses, and like the second you read it, you feel this empowerment. And it's fine, you feel empowerment. I understand, but it's also, it, uh, but what I see the way I see it is, uh, I used to, um, I'm gonna get a little nerdy here. Did you ever watch Doctor Who? I have not gotten into Doctor Who mainly because I'm afraid because everyone that watches it gets really into Doctor Who, so I'm a little terrified. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, don't. 
<laughs> again, a, a lot of things I don't, a lot of things I regret in high school. Yeah. Watching my friends is a very, very, very bad thing. This time you never get back. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Yes, it's just I stopped watching it after a while. Just, I can't, can't binge anymore. Right. So in Doctor Who, something called Cybermen, where basically it's like they're all the same, and they say the same thing. It's just uh, like one, two, three. You know, kind of like a, a, a utopian thing where everyone is the same and nothing is different. And right. so for me, when, when I when I hear people say, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, I need to create, create this content for my audience and, and monetize everything. And just, if I hear that, if I ever hear that thought, that thought pattern. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, uh, voice cringes. It's just, it's just, you not have any thoughts of your honor. Or, or you know, it's okay fine to steal thoughts, but do you completely understand what you just said? Right. Right. I think it gets thrown out way too often. And uh, to me, like, the, I, I can't remember who said it. It was a, it was definitely on a podcast and it was a female presenter. I just can't remember her name, but I wish I could give her more credit. But uh, she said entrepreneur to her means somebody that has ideas and then does them. And a lot of people can do things and a lot of people can have ideas. It's very rare to find somebody who can have the idea and get the ball rolling on it. And like I said, I, I'm the idea guy, but I, I can also like push things and get them going, and then know when to step back and let the snowball uh, kind of take on its own momentum, its own gravity, um, and then move on to something else. But uh, I mean, that, that's like the simplest definition for me is like have a good idea and then actually do something about it. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't have a good idea. It's just give something to the market. It's yeah, whatever the market needs, give it to the market. Find a hole. No, it, yes, it's find a hole or I would say create a hole, but that's, that's, that's a little corrupt if you come to think about it. <laughs> um, well, actually, no, not really. Steve Jobs, he created a hole. Like, no one needed a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. And right now... Like, we right still now, don't need them. Really <laughs> yeah. Like, we still don't need them. Yeah. Here we are. You know? Or... What's another one? No one needs a Lamborghini, right? As much as I really, really want, like, an Aventador to just speed down the Autobahn in Germany, I don't really need it. Right. Oh yeah, man, and it's it's. Uh, I, I was literally just yeah. making sales calls this morning before that before our uh, our conversation, and one of my calls I'm was so to. Oh yeah, it's all right. I love, I love sales calls. It's awesome. But uh, I go out and see customers, and and I was driving by, and I saw this place called Triton Submarines, and I was like, you know, I think I got an email from this guy like a year ago asking about some weird parts, and so I just pulled over and went in there, and I was like, you know, I, I can't remember who it was, and and they gave me this whole tour of their facility, and they build like three person submarines. And I was like, so who, and there were, you know, people running all over the place and it was just, they were right in production. They're about to ship one out tomorrow to Dubai. And so it was like, it was done. It was really cool. They gave me the whole tour Dubai. just just because I walked in. And, uh, and I was like, so who's your target market? Is it like researchers or, you know, scientists? And he goes, oh no, it's a prince in Dubai. He just wants one. I was like, what do you mean he just wants one? He's like, yeah, he just wants to go see the fish and, you know, put around. And I'm like, how much are these things? He's like, oh, $3 million. What? Like, but they created that market of like, we have this toy, we can build this for you, and you can have one that nobody else has. And it's just, uh, and they only build them when they sell uh, them. It's really amazing. Uh, I love I said toys because I know, I know for men, uh, it, it's just, it, we, we don't get older. Our toys just get bigger. <laughs> right. And more expensive. Right. I, and I, I think that's a perfect segue into, um, property marketing, just the whole creating a desire. Perfect. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, 
the layout I have in front of me, I have something called the uh, MetaBase Conversion Optimization Heuristic Formula. Uh, not mine. This is not my thoughts. I wish it was. I wish I was this smart. Can you say I'm that? Can you say that one more time? The uh, MetaLabs Conversion Optimization Heuristic Formula. Thank you. Okay, and then so for those listening, I, I'm going to read it out twice, and then um, I'll say what, what each one is about. So C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2, and then parentheses I minus F, close parentheses, minus 2A. Again, that is C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2, parentheses, I minus F, close parentheses, minus 2A. That'll be in the show notes. And, oh, yeah, okay, so thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Um, and so, uh, I mean, you know, the, 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 one of the main reasons why I know you want to be on the podcast is to talk about uh, copy and marketing because of uh, your audience. Uh, you told me they don't really think about it too much. Right. Um, guys, I know I... I know I'm young. I don't know any, and I don't know much. I do know one thing for certain. Marketing is the blood of, of, uh, of our society, of, of the world at this point. And copy is the oxygen that is delivered throughout the blood. Um, so I like that. to say, to say it's important, a little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you need it. It's, it's just a little bit. It's like, it's like, do you need water? Eh. Maybe I don't know. At least every, every three days, yeah. <laughs> at least yes, at least like every yeah every three days. It's minimal. So, uh, so for the for the variables, um, and Mike, if you want, I could I could just I could type this up and send it to you after the call. I'll be more than happy to. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, C is the probability probability uh, sorry <laughs> uh, right. probability of conversion. Uh, yes, I've been working on it for a couple of years because. Uh, bilingual and I had these other accents, uh, and now I think it's slower and more uh, clear cut. But no, I do a... have my I still have my, my moments. It's all good. Uh, so C is the probab- probability of conversion. That's how likely your the person reading is going to take an action. And taking the action could be opting in for an email. It could be buying a product. It could be sending a message. Whatever. It's one action you want them to take. Uh, and usually you want it to be to close the deal for them to to give you money. Yeah. And so M is motivation. Oh, and then before I go to anything else, uh, none of these are quantifiable, meaning, yes, even though there are numbers within the formula, it doesn't mean you can quantify them. The numbers are there to address the, the importance of each variable. Okay. So with, so, and then the first part is 4M. So M is the motivation. It's, it's, uh, you can't control or change the motivation of the user. You just have to make sure that your copy aligns with the motivation. So, say for example, if for the, the prince in Dubai, his, if his motivation is to see the fish, you yeah. can't change that. Right. That's it. And like, and like, that's the most important thing. Yeah. You have to get the motivation aligned. Because if you get that aligned, then it's like, oh, he understands me. Yeah. And so, so tell me, Michael, what's what's one motivation that someone would have to ha- to get uh to get an, an electric electric appliance? Uh, you know, it's for us, our business is, is based on the, the customer's business, honestly, so that they have, I, I say I'm selling the American dream every day because they are entrepreneurs, like in the truest sense, they built a business, um, out of nothing. And, uh, a lot of these guys work for other bigger companies and they went on to build their own company and, and they, 
they get the jobs, they do everything, and they can't, electricians really can't do much without supplies. That's just the fact. Like, that's why I, I exist. Like, uh, it's pretty rare that they would go somewhere and actually be able to, to do a job without any sort of supplies, whether it's just a wire note, a piece of tape, like at the very minimum, versus like a whole new fixture or new stuff. So their motivation uh, would would be to get off the job, really. I mean, that's 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 probably it, to get off the job and get paid. Okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah. so in your copy, you 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 can write down, um, and this this is a stick of the first draft. Um, uh, also, great great copy isn't isn't in the first draft. Great copy is when you edit it down, you edit it to become better. So, like in your copy, you you like, the first thing you address is, like, do you want to do you want do you want to make sure you leave the job getting paid the most often you can? Yeah. Right. And the answer, yes. Okay, good. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, v. So, so the, that was the first. That was the first uh, variable. Four M, which is the motivation, the most important part. Uh, and you 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 learn about this through through interviews, through um, market research, through reading reading uh, reading uh, reading uh, feedback. So that's that. And then the next one is uh, V. This is the clarity of the value proposition. So this is why. So you have to ask yourself, uh, if you were the reader, what's in it for me? So for budget compliance, if you say you're, you're reading uh, a sales letter for uh, for a high-end, okay, say if you're reading a sales letter to buy electrical electrical tape, right? Yeah. Um, I used to I used to do robotics, so I know how important electrical tape is because oh my god, it saves our asses a lot. Yeah. And also, the voltmeter is is God's gift to this earth. Yeah. Thank you guys for the voltmeter. <laughs> thank you, Tesla, for all the investments you, you've made in electricity. So that you know, so say for example, if you if you're running a sales letter to to sell a voltmeter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, motivation: You want to make sure that you get you get paid the most you can out of your job. Yes. Okay. Good. Now the value of the voltmeter. Um, uh, I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like, what's in it for me with the reader? Uh, why would they need the voltmeter? Well, I would need a voltmeter because I need to measure the amps. I need to make sure that the ohms are correct. And if I'm butchering names, I'm sorry, electricians. It's been a while. No, you're good. Just... You're speaking the language. Uh, oh, I, I need to make sure that the current is going correctly. I need to make sure that there, um, like if it's a parallel, if it's a parallel circuit, thank God, then you know I'll I'll know that I don't need I don't need to I don't it won't be as difficult. If it's a series, no, if it's a series, it'll be it'll be more difficult because it'll be easier because it's only one line. It's a parallel. You got to find it. You got to find what's wrong with it. Something along those lines. Electricians, you you would know better than than I would right. about this. Like that, that's one example of what's in it for me. Um, and say it, it, if it's a uh, if it's a voltmeter that has multiple options, it doesn't just measure volts; it measures uh, amps and ohms and the current. And uh, and I know there's other options. It's been a while. You could you could write that down. Right? Like what is the what is the, the benefit of having this? Right. Oh, so it's a, it's an all-in-one. You don't, so you know if if it's an all-in-one voltmeter, oh, I don't need that. I have separate tools for each one of the uh, variables I need to measure. Okay, but the benefit of having all-in-one is that you have it just place it, and you don't have to worry about um, missing twelve things. You can just worry about having this one device in your hand that does oh, a lot of the job for you already. Ready to go. And it gets weight off your shoulders, and 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 it gives you and it leaves mental capacity for you to focus on what's more important. Um, say like if you find a more efficient efficient way to to wire something, or yeah. a more effective way to wire something, right? So that's the that's the three Z. And now uh, the next part we're going to get to is the uh, two and in parentheses I minus F. 
equivalent to. So the I is the incentive to take action. So it's the carrot. So you have to get them over the hump that is preventing the conversion. So what's uh, what's preventing someone from providing a meter? Uh, well, I've been doing it the way I've been doing it for multiple years. Okay, that's fine. That's usually um, the first say, answer. <laughs> that's the first answer, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so, you know, what, what I would say is, okay, that's fine. Just just know that in, in human history, things have been done the way they've been done for many, many years. But when, when people made that, that one change, that one shift, everything radically changed. Right. One example is, the horse, the horse and carriage versus the car. I've been riding a horse for many, many years. I don't, I don't need a car and all the problems have been going. Okay. Like, do you think that if people kept that mentality and they didn't adapt to the automobile, that it, we would be where we are now? No, <laughs> we would quite literally, and again, excuse my French, we'd have horse shit everywhere. Right. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> right. Um, so that's an incentive. And then a, a friction, uh, it's the, uh, it's the F. So it's a physical, psychological obstacle that's preventing the user from, from buying, um, and it can be a multiple things. Then you have to be clear with everything. So say if one thing that prevents from buying is the price, so then what you do is you justify the price and you show them that that they can make twice the amount or at least 10 times the amount um, by buying this product. Say in uh, in marketing, in uh, when, when people market marketing products, what they do is say that the product costs $495, right? But yeah. okay, you pay 495, but you will make thousands down the road, guaranteed. And save time right? and, and troubleshooting and yes. being able to get on and doing it once instead of having to come back three times. And Yes, exactly. And so say, for example, if the voltmeter is, is selling for $20, oh, I'll have to know. Okay, fine. But, you know, would it be worth it to you to save, to save time and to only have one, one, uh, one tool to use measuring all these variables when it comes to electricity? And then in that time that you save, you could either, you could, either, you could spend that extra time and the extra, extra mental clarity and mental capacity. You could spend it prospecting for new clients. You could spend it with your kids and, you know, go to the soccer game that you say you want to go to, go to the basketball game that you want to go to. Right. Or, or, you know, go, go play catch or go play basketball or go play baseball with your, with your kids. Or you could spend that time developing a skill that can help you build a business. You know, uh, so, so things, things along those lines. This is, this is again, this is a, this is a brainstorming thing for me at this point. Um, and then anxiety they have. Uh, so say the anxiety they have is, oh, what if, what if the, the voltmeter dies, dies on a job for me? Okay, well, it so happens that this particular voltmeter, uh, like the all in one voltmeter has a solar panels. And, you know, being in Florida, it's sunny outside almost all the time. Uh, <laughs> right. So, you know, very, very unlikely that, that it will, that it will die for you. And, if the battery runs out, you can you can come back to our store and we'll change the battery for you. Don't worry about it. Not just on us. That's that's an example of doing that. You just gotta you gotta find out what anxiety that people have to uh, to to jump over the hurdles. It's for them to take that action. Right. Right. And that's, uh, that's uh, oh sorry uh, yes yeah, so that, that was a two A so yeah I just went through the uh, the whole formula and then that's just a, that's that's just a very verbal and basic of uh, of what to do. When it comes to when it comes to marketing, when it yeah. comes to copywriting, I mean. But what does that look uh, like in like a uh, in terms of like an online like a Facebook ad or uh, what, what kind of copy do you have experience with? So right now, I I will honestly God, I'm still learning as much as possible. Um, yeah. What I what I seem to like to do is I like, I like to write sales pages. 
uh, I I despise emails with a passion. I tried I tried writing an email uh, like uh, an email that I was sending out to prospects, and uh, I showed it to my friend, and he said it's too salesy. It sucks. Yeah. And so uh, and uh, I emailed when I, when are there the pain to my existence. Um, but if I would try something that can sell, I can um, I, I have more chance with that. And I prefer doing that because, um, like I said, I used to do uh, magic and I used to do hypnosis. So, you know, the storytelling from magic and, and the, the psychology and getting into someone's mind through hypnosis, those really, uh, for me, blended well together. And Wait. when I did card magic, I I would have to sell myself constantly and sell myself to random strangers in New York, which is a very hard thing to do. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, we're yeah. all selling something, right? Most people, uh, you know, I interview people for jobs. Pretty much all the time, and and they you always get to the sales question, and they're like, "Oh, I hate sales." And it's like, "Well, what do you think you're doing right now?" You know, <laughs> like you're yeah. sitting across the table, and and you're selling you know, you're selling yeah. something. You know, always you're always selling. Hey, hey, gentlemen, even on dates, you are always selling. I was uh, I was on a date yesterday, and you know, to get to that point, I had to sell myself the whole way to to get to that, that one point. And even as kids, we're selling our parents all the time. Wait, you're 19. Don't you don't you just swipe left and swipe right and and do do all that stuff? <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I, I I deleted I deleted that app faster than you say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I tried it. I was up in my head. Let me, let me try it. Yeah, no. I missed that whole boat, man. I've, I've been married for for three <laughs> years. Been with the same same person for five years, and uh, yeah, I just missed that whole boat. I was with some friends, and they were, they had it, and I was like, well, let me give this a shot. And I I used their profile, and, and he's like. He's like looking over my shoulder to see which way I'm swiping on all these girls. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I have to try it. You know? Oh yeah, it's like, but the whole the whole concept of, of just, just meaning, not the meaning. It is. I don't know. I for for my generation, or so I've been told. Um, so for me, I'd rather go out and. And so the girl, the girl I, I was with yesterday, you know, they just made, we just met randomly on a train. Yeah. And it was great. It was like serendipitous in there. Um, but yeah, that, that's a whole other topic about relationships and, uh, and dating and, and the lot. Maybe we could save that for the next episode. Um, but I, I do have a yeah. question for you about, uh, where do you think copy writing is, is, or writing copy? Is uh is is going like? Do you think that AI is going to get into this space with bots and 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 things of that nature? That's actually, that's actually something, something I've been pondering for the past uh past couple of weeks. I haven't I actually haven't pulled anyone about, um, but I think I, I think I formulated enough of a of a response to to have some sort of substance. Um, I don't know about AI because I haven't think about that because copy it's not it's not easy. It is. Psychologically draining, it is mentally draining, and and sometimes, like any creative effort, you just want to bang your head against the wall because ideas aren't coming out, right? Right. Um, and but it's also like it's also it's a it's torture that you love, kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is keeps you yeah. coming back. <laughs> it's like yeah, Gary Gary Vio will say it's like hey, shit sucks, but I love it. You know, it's and, right. You got and you got to live in that and and. And be willing to to jump into the trenches at any point and dig out whatever you got to do. I mean, that's just that's just part but of the then, work. Then, then it makes you question if you're a masochist or not, which is again a whole other topic. Uh, <laughs> if you want to talk about it in a future episode, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, about AI, I'm not. I actually, how about the AI part? I'm not sure. I mean, 
the way things are going now, so someone, someone I, I really, really look up to is uh, Peter D. Manish. Uh, Peter D. Manish, like I mentioned before, I read his book, Bold. Yeah, and it, that it changed book, my life. Yes. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm not authoritarian, but if I ever was, if there's ever like one thing, I'd make every single person walking on this earth mandatory to read that book. Yeah, his um, his his whole, you know, Peter's Peter's rules or Peter's laws, whatever it was. I mean, he was on yeah. uh, Inside Quest with Tom Bilyeu, uh, before mm-hmm. before Impact Theory a couple of years ago, and uh, they started talking about that and going through it. And I, I had to go back and listen to it again. And I, and the one that stuck out to me the most that changed my life forever was when presented with two options, take them both. Take both. When you're given a choice, take both. I actually have yeah. them on my desk. Yeah, okay, it's so that. Than, uh, I just got. Memorized. I yeah. literally just got the chill saying it because it like it's so powerful. Most people see two things and they have to choose one or the other, and he's saying no, just do them both. Like, why not? And it's so like when you when you you were telling me because before the call, you know, I had problems with my phone for some reason. Yeah. He said Murphy's law, and I was I was, I was just trying to say uh, to hell with Murphy. Whatever can go wrong, fix it because that's that's the first law of. Yeah, <laughs> good 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 point. I do recall that too. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's so, funny. The reason why I brought him up is because uh, Peter mentioned Moore's law. Uh, Moore is someone who started Intel, and he realized that uh, the circuits are the the, num- the amount of circuits on a the amount of circuits on a circuit board doubles every year. The processing power doubles every year, and it it halves in price as well. Yeah. So the, the computer I have now, as much as much as I love it, it's my baby. It's it's uh it's ancient for what it is because it's about it's going to be four or five years old. It works fantastic. It works great. That's a dinosaur, man. <laughs> but yeah, according to Moore's law, it's getting old. Yeah. Um, however, I, I have a story. Night, I have a story. Night detail on it on on the keyboard and for everyone to Nice. Uh, My wife loves that painting. I think yeah. Oh God, oh, your wife does great taste in art. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. A little biased. A little biased. Yeah. Um. So I bring it up because uh, processing power is. Uh, is increasing a lot, and there was a TED talk years ago, so let alone now, that showed that AI created a composition and AI wrote poetry and AI could write a short story. And uh, you know, it's like, okay, where does that leave copy? Because copy is it's a very, it's a very uh, a very deep and psychological thing. Mm-hmm. It's very and emotionally so charged, right? <laughs> It's it's all oh you're selling you're selling emotions more than uh, more than anything. Uh, something that actually true copywriters do is they have they have two columns, and so on one column it's the emotion you're selling, and on the next column it's the it's the paragraph coinciding with that emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And um, oh, uh, for everyone listening, I hate to break it to you, but anger and hate sells a lot more than uh, anything else. Um, oh yeah. If you want an example of that, if you want an example of that, just look at the big media and look at. The, your Facebook feed. That's it. Yeah, it. Um, um, oh, just look at the last election. I mean, the amount of crazy shirts coming out oh, with, <laughs> and, and stuff. Woo. Somebody oh, made a lot of money doing that, and I'm sure they didn't even care like which side they were personally on. There, like they saw an opportunity and exploited some emotions. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's that's why you know copy marketing is it's a double edged sword. So, so you um, said uh, the, one column has the emotion you're selling, and the other column has. Uh, that has the content paragraph. So say to say it's. it's uh, you know, first paragraph, you want to sell anger. Second paragraph, you want to sell anger. Third paragraph, you want to sell hope. Fourth paragraph, you want to sell more hope. Uh. You know, and, and you have that coinciding, and then that's like, that's the sort of the brainstorming process. You just send, uh, 
you could, uh, and then certain words trigger certain emotions. To say, for example, if I say, um, you know, and, and in full disclosure, I am a, I'm a free market capitalist. Capitalism is the greatest thing ever, ever to exist. Uh, but say if you're selling to, if you're selling to socialists, right? Um, yeah. Which is a bit ironic, but, but we'll, we'll, uh, appreciate the jokes after. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, they, you know, instead of saying, uh, don't let these, these, uh, these greedy men take advantage of you. Versus, don't let these dollar crazed, selfish, corporate bigwigs take advantage of what you, of what you worked so hard to earn. Mm. Yeah. So, like, that's top 101 right there. Um, one word being, uh, dollar crazed. Like, oh my god, these dollar crazed. Or, uh, or corporate hungry or corruption. Um, you almost like those words have like like, like uh, propaganda back in in World War Two and stuff where they would uh, dehumanize the enemy and you know make it seem like they're all not humans anymore like they're devils and and things like that to make it easier for people to go over there and kill them. I mean, it's kind of the same idea. I was actually I was watching the I watched 1984 episode the play and uh, mm. oh yeah, <laughs> all all the uh, all the control. So I'm sorry, I keep digressing from the main question. It's all right. Um, so with with that in mind, in the future, copy copy probably will be taken over by AI. Uh, because yeah. what's probably going to happen is, you know, uh, we'll get the top thousands of sales winners, and then we'll have AI analyze it and say, okay, write something with these with these inputs. Yeah. And it'll probably send it out. How soon that will happen? I don't know. Maybe I'll be the one to make it. Maybe not. I don't know what the future has. Right. Yeah, but it's like it's it's been it's been something pounding in my mind. Well, uh, and uh, yes. Uh, no, keep going. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, something else is that uh, I've been noticing how how uh, going into copywriting how difficult it is. Because at first I thought it was easy. It's like, oh, just words that sell. It's easy. I speak English. I could do it. Uh, right. Yeah. No. no, absolutely not. Um, it's uh, it's to do it correctly. It's very. And this, this is not just with college, this is with anything worth doing. Basketball, uh, coding, anything. And it's, it's a very difficult process and, and you can't, it's, it's not easy to do it right. And to play at the top level, I mean, you have to really do the work and, and oh. put in the oh, effort. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, like, like Gary always says, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you guys don't know, uh, start following him right away. He's got, he's got awesome free content. He's giving away million dollar ideas every day, but uh, he always talks about. Um, I just totally lost my train of thought talking about Gary. But he always talks about how you have to get into, you know, the space and actually do the work and and lay down the foundations and and build the. You know, we're all well at the end of the day. Here's what it was: at the end of the day, we're all uh, fighting for people's attention. Like that's it, you know. And so that's why he's trying to get away from billboards because as a passenger in the car, nobody's looking at billboards; they're staring at their phone. And so that's where the attention magnet is now. And, uh, taking things that can, can buy back people's time, buy people's time and sell it back to them. Like that is, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And, and writing copy that can show people that, like, hey, this will save you time. This voltmeter, to go back to a previous reference, uh, this is the mm-hmm. best one because it does all these things. And at the end of the day, it saves you time, Mr. Mr. Customer. And, or client and uh, gets you off the job faster. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 becoming, you're becoming a better marketer just, uh, just by a phone call. Look at that. 
that's what it's all about, man. That's what that's what I did the show for to quench my own thirst, you know, scratch my own itch. And uh, I think, yeah, I really appreciate your time. I think you've done an awesome job. I look forward to having you on the show in the future. And um, oh, thank you. It was, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice type of conversation. Yeah, you know, it's what's crazy is that uh, we've never spoken before today. So <laughs> no, this it, it, actually this actually happened uh, less than twenty four hours of planning. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, amazing, it's good cut. amazing things happen when you're in the Impact Theory League, man. That's, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's yeah, well, Tom. Moonshot, Moonshot Experience. Oh, was that what it was? Moonshot Experience? Yeah. yeah Moonshot, yeah, the, uh, the group. You know, I saw something that you posted, and it wasn't there this morning, but I saw it uh, late last night. You were asking about starting a new business around uh, uh, mind and body health. That was you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a project I'm working on now. Uh, I'm working on a working on a blog for men to uh, to increase their their mental and physical health. Yeah. Because for me, I would always pride myself of like, I'm not I'm not ripped because I'm focusing on my mind. Haha. I can eat whatever I want and do whatever I want. Right. I don't think, I don't think it'll work out. But yeah, terrible idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> they definitely work together. Um, well, do you want to share the name of the blog yeah. or is it, is it out there yet or? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, menwithvigor.com. M-E-N-W-I-T-H-V-I-G-O-R.com. Awesome. I love it. I yeah. love it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's, it's still bare bones. Um, I'm still working on it. Uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually planning on writing a, um, a post today that I've been meaning to write for a month. Uh, but I've got to love, got to love procrastination, man. I love it. Yeah. Somebody once said, if you want to get rid of procrastination, just start procrastinating about the procrastination. It's just put it off till later that you're going to put it off till later and just do it now. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, one of the, um, well, I mean, before, before I guess, I think it's actually pretty important. One, one important thing to do, and I learned this through, I learned this through, um, through, uh, through the game, which is about, you know, women. uh, a lot of men have approach anxiety where they don't approach the girl, uh, because it's oh my God, and then, all these other things. Don't do this, don't do that. And then to alleviate that, you just say one, two, three, go. And you just go and just say the first word to her, right? Yeah. No. You take that and you apply it to, to getting work done. Say, for example, if I really, really don't want to write this one post, I say one, two, three, and just, just begin writing it. Begin doing it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of like Mel Robbins' 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 thing. Uh, another impact theory. Reference. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, she's not. Yeah. She's been on the show, but she wrote the book a while ago. But it's same same principle. Like, yeah, just just eliminate that that trigger in your head because as soon as you hesitate, that becomes you're building that pathway to not doing it, versus doing building a pathway to that when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. And that's that's the main reason I wake up and work out every single day at four thirty because damn it, I said I was going to, and if I don't do that, that's, it's not it's not great. It's not for anybody else. It's it's only for me. But if I don't do that, then how is my mind and my body going to expect me to do anything else that I want to do? You know, <laughs> like where's the credibility? So that that and we're we're meant. I think we're, we're put on earth only to, only to, to provide for those around us. And if we can't provide for ourselves, then who are we to the world? Well, that's that's why you got to you know we talked about at the very beginning. You got to create that space, and and uh, it's something that Travis Roland talked about uh, on a previous episode and at a meeting in our company. Is uh, as managers of this organization, we can get so caught up in the the day to day minutia. And uh, oh man, it's raining. Might come out of the mic. 
okay. the day-to-day minutia of what we're doing and get involved in every quote and every order or whatever. But we really have to plan time to, to create space in order to focus on what we really want to accomplish in like the vision and the, the future of the company of our individual stores. And you have to actually like schedule that time. Otherwise it's never going to happen. And people, sure. feel, people feel guilty about it. They feel like, Oh, I'm scheduling time to do nothing. Like what? But, <laughs> but it's so important and you're going to get so many ideas that are going to lead to, to bigger and better things down the road. Um, that it's worth the time. That's why I get up at 4.30, because no one's bothering me at 4.30 in the morning. Trust me, the world is not awake yet. For um, the most part, yeah. Except, you know, top performers and CEOs, and, and they all get up at 4.30 and work out. It's, it's, it's not by accident that there's so many people that share that, that common trait, um, which it's, it's not the only way to do it, of course, but it, it's certainly one that works for me. Uh, yeah, that's what's most important, is that it works for you. Yeah, and everyone's different. It's like people ask me, like, hey, what's the best diet? I'm like, I don't know. What, what's the best diet for who? For, for me, for you, for your friends? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's a little bit different, and it's just about finding what works for you. Then. And I think that's a good good place to end. Thanks, man. I really appreciate uh, your time. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. All, All right. right. Um, it, was no. you. it was great talking to you. Nice to having you. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely let yeah, you know. We'll let you know in a post, yeah. and uh, thanks again for your time, Ibrahim, or Adam, or... Thank you so much. Or, I'll, I'll go by Ibrahim. I like that. <laughs> okay. Sounds, sounds good to me. And that's the show, episode 12 in the books. Thank you so much to Ibrahim for showing up and for taking the opportunity to be on the Get Wired podcast, you know, his insight on marketing was extremely valuable. Anybody can learn from it. Make sure that you uh, look at the show notes from this episode. We're going to have his formula or MechLab's formula he discussed, as well as the breakdown of what it all means, how it can benefit you, and how you can start using it in your business today to take you to the next level. That's what the show is all about, guys. If you want to be on the show, hit us up on Instagram, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. You know the drill. Email the Get Wired Podcast at gmail.com. If you look for me hard enough, I promise you'll find me. I'm right out there in the open, guys. So come get me. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Get Wired Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Burkhart.